This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Today, I, I am actually going to be speaking. My subtopic today is the very uh, day's theme, and that is we are better together. This morning, I want to preach about this, and the, may the force be with you. I want to preach about we are better together. I want to give a mad shout out to all of the Alabama fans in the house. Uh, I don't really like you, but I give you, I give you the applause. You did it. You went and did it. You won the national championship, and uh, you know, there's only one team that won it, and it's Alabama. So for all you tied folks, just keep rolling. And uh, we congratulate you on your win. But if you were to have uh, tuned in to last Monday night's championship game against Clemson, when the game was over and Alabama had clinched the championship, the cameras went around to each of, of the star players individually and they would stick the microphone in their face and the camera would zoom in to them and they would ask them, how are you feeling about this? What are your thoughts on the game Almost every single player, if you go back and watch it, not only were they ecstatic for the win, but every single one of those winning uh, ball players said something along the lines of, well, we came together. We're a winning team. I'm just thankful to be on this incredible team. We're brothers. We stood together. We, we did it together. Isn't that the truth about life as well? Not just on the football field, but in life, It matters what team you're on. There will be a winning team. And there will be a team that comes up short and will always have setbacks and challenges and frustrations and struggles. It matters who you're doing life with. Say amen to the preacher. It matters who you're rolling with. It matters who you're hanging out with. It matters who you're listening to. It matters who has influence on you. I uh, see throughout Scripture so many beautiful Scripture references concerning this. And it comes to us, one of which from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, Proverbs don't play. Proverbs is not worried about political correctness. Proverbs is not concerned about offending you. The writer of Proverbs, man, just calls it the way it is. One particular verse is Proverbs 14 and 7. Stay away from a foolish man. If you're someone here today and you're wanting to pass to Tommy to give you a scripture, So many people are like, Pastor, I just need a scripture from my family. What beautiful scripture can we get grandma to, you know, we need her to get her to embroider it on some cloth and we're going to put it in a frame and put it above the the fireplace. There's, There's a good one right there. Stay away from a foolish man. Uh, No one get up and move right now. That would not go over well in church. Stay away from a foolish man. The writer of Proverbs, some feel something. We, we feel like there's so much wisdom in this. Can I get an amen? There's wisdom in this, right? It matters who you're hanging out with. 
years ago here at Calvary Church, we had this preacher come through. His name was Joe McGee. Uh, he was one of my favorites, still is. I love Joe's ministries from Oklahoma. And Joe McGee's ministry is one that's full of humor. It's full of life. It's so energizing and exciting. And uh, he came to, through Calvary a couple times, preached for us. I would love to have Joe back one day. And one of my favorite quotes from Joe McGee is, Well, I come from a spirit-filled background. And, boy, he had me right there. I was hooked. And he said, I grew up in a little country church where, man, when someone had a foul spirit, we would just pray the prayer of faith and cast that spirit out. Man, I was like, wow, this, this is cool. This is, this is neat. And then he said, but then we ran up into a problem and we found out that it doesn't matter how much you pray, doesn't matter how much power you have, you can't cast dumb out of anybody. I got so tickled and thought, that brother is right. You can't cast dumb out of anybody. It matters who you're spending your time with. Check this out. Uh, Proverbs goes on to say in chapters, uh, chapter number 13 and 20, Who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffer harm. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, bad company, it corrupts. Good character. All the moms and dads in here, we need to be taking some notes on this one. That's good teaching, isn't it? Bad company corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians 5 and 11, man, this is just strong. This is just straightforward. This makes some people uncomfortable. Do not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother but is immoral. All right, news flash, news flash. I'm setting myself up for some really rotten Monday morning emails, but here we go anyway, because I've got a spam folder just like you. Y'all ready? Here we go. Just because they go to church with you doesn't mean that they're a good influence on you. Just because he calls himself a brother, if he's immoral... You might want to be looking for a new set of friends. With such a man, do not even eat. So we know he's talking to the church. Proverbs 27 and 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Let me say it this way. I want to hang out with people smarter than me. I want to spend my time with people that have more experience than me. I want to be rubbing shoulders with people that can help me get where they are, which is in, there's a little string on me. Sorry, guys. That was weird. Okay, it stuck on me. There we go. It was like, I was like pointing. I thought, okay, that's weird. What is that on my finger? Hey, I want to spend time with people that can help me advance. Are you tracking with me? If you're wondering what that was, that was major ADD moment right there. If you want to know how ADD people function, that's how you function. You never miss a beat. Let's keep going. I want to spend time with people that can help me take my next step, not run into a roadblock in life. Are you seeing what I'm saying today? If you're the smartest person in your group of friends, you need a new group of friends. 
If you're the most successful person in your little circle, you need a new circle. Because you need to be spending time with people to help you get to where you're going. Someone say, I received that. Last scripture here. Ecclesiastes 4 and verse number 9. Two are better than one. All over this room, each and every one of us that are here, we have received God assigned, God designed, God targeted connections. If the Lord is first in your life, he gives us a promise that he will order your steps. He will lead you into the, re- the right connections and relationships that will change your life forever. This is where people get frustrated. When they want all the goodness and the blessings of God, they want the principles of God to work, but they don't have God in the right place. You cannot receive all of this book's goodness if you are not placing him first in your life. Someone say amen. When God is first, you will have God assigned, God designed, God targeted connections and relationships. We see it all through the Bible. David had Jonathan. Joseph had this anointed butler that changed everything in his world. Esther was connected to a king just at the right time. There was an unnamed Ethiopian in the book of Acts. Some of you recall the story. He was traveling through this desert place, through this wilderness, and had conviction come upon him and wanted to be water baptized. And this Ethiopian happened to be connected to Philip. Philip was there at the right time with the right revelation of water baptism. And this gentleman was baptized. We think about Elijah. He had himself a man by the name of Elisha. We think about Ruth. She had Naomi. What about the 12 disciples? We think all they had was Jesus, but they also had one another. God wants to send you people in your life that will take you places that you can't go on your own. Why? Well, what's our sermon title? We are better together. Look to the one next to you real quick. Uh, Bump them, tap them, whatever you want to do, and just tell them, I need you and you need me and don't ever forget it. Now, wasn't that really awkward? You have no idea who that man or woman was. And then there's other people who are like, well, you better. We're stuck together. We've been doing this for 30 years. Let me give you five quick areas where God's putting the right people in your life, some of which you recognize and some of which you just take for granted. Let me give you five areas real quick, and then we're going to move forward. If you have a smartphone in the room, let me take that back. If you just have a phone in the room that has a, directory for contacts, raise your hand. Everybody. God wants to send you the right contacts. You think, why do I need the right contacts? What does God have to do with my contacts? God sends people to your life 
to connect you to the right people. You have him saved just as a contact. He's just a business associate. He's just a neighbor down the street. You don't really even know his full name. You don't know his kids. You don't know what his favorite food is. He's just a contact. But can I tell you something? That God wants to put you in a path to cross paths with the right contact that will network you into all of God's great blessings in your life. If God's first, he will literally allow the introduction to be made that can change everything for you. God's interested in my contacts? Absolutely. You think it was just a name saved for a contract. You're just thinking as a salesman or as a saleswoman, you're thinking, well, I need to save that person because they're a good contact, maybe to sign a new contract. God's not interested in contracts. He's interested in contacts because if he can get you contacted, if he can get you connected, if he can get you to connect with the right person, it literally can open doors to a multitude of God's blessings that would never happen otherwise. Let me give you a quick story. Some of you know I grew up in southwest Louisiana. I had a youth pastor in my life, three years only. He was my youth pastor for just three years. Short-term youth pastor. You might think, well, what's the big deal about the, by the, uh, uh, the notice of the amount of time? See, I was a youth pastor at this church for multiple years. Going on, almost, almost, I was there for about eight to ten years total, give or take, uh, depending on what season I was in in my, in my role there. That allows you to really make relationships over time. Three years, believe it or not, in youth ministry, that's just, a, that's just quick. You don't really get time to dig down deep with a student. But God did something different in this relationship. He was my youth pastor for a brief three years. He then moved off, lost contact with him. But then later in my life, whenever I entered into the ministry, God brought our lives back together. He now pastors a large church in Houston, Texas. Well, that gentleman that I'm talking about, which is just a name in my phone, but happens to have a little history with me, he made a phone call, and he allowed one of the nation's most successful ministries in the state of Alabama to come and to speak to a small group of ministers here at Calvary Church. And then my friend said, Tommy, I just wanted to throw this idea out there at you if you're interested. The pastor from Alabama, they had like 50,000 attendees at their Easter service. He's going to be flying in. Would you want to go pick him up at the airport? Huh. What pastor doesn't want a few minutes with a guy that's successful, right? Ask him some questions, hope to gain some insight in some areas. So I jumped on the opportunity. Why? Because I'm wanting to run with people smarter than me. So I'm in the car and we're spending that time together. And here I'm thinking I'm fixing to hear all this incredible biblical and life revelation. I'm fixing to see the secret of success. And he says, hey, uh, I heard you like to play golf. I said, absolutely, I love to play golf. And I'm like thinking, what's this got to do with the Bible? What's this got to do with church growth? What's this got to do with reaching the lost for Jesus? And he says, hey, I've got this little golf event coming up in a few weeks. Would you want to go to that? I didn't even ask the Nora. I just practiced faith. Because she still needs me and I need her. You, you get it. It's just how I run my house. 
take notes, fellas. <clears throat> I will pay for that one. I said, absolutely, Emmett. Emmett, I said before I even thought about it, I said, count me in, man. I didn't even know what it was going to cost. I didn't know where we were going. I didn't even know anything. But I saw it as an opportunity. All of it came from this contact. Can I tell you something? God's going to put somebody in your life this year. If you'll use this force that God's given you, if you'll understand the power of relationship, if you won't be for someone that's looking to cut people out of your life, if you'll be someone looking for people to add to your life, if you'll not have the mindset of, oh, it's just us four and no more, but you'll take the approach of, I want to add. I want to make my circle of love bigger. I want to add, add another person to my contacts. Don't go through your contacts looking for people to delete. Open that contact looking for people to add. Because let me tell you something, you're just one person away in a God-designed, God-assigned, God-targeted relationship that could open doors up that would, you would never see before, all because of a contact. Everybody say amen. Let me tell you something else that God wants to do. He wants to give you a friend. All of us have contacts. We've all got phones. And Lord Jesus, I'm not talking about Facebook friends. Those aren't even contacts. God wants to send you a friend. He wants to send you someone that will have your back. I think the further and further we get down in this life of ours, living with social media, Pastor Dustin did such a fabulous job at communicating this. I think the world, as we grow closer together, we're growing further apart from one another. God's not wanting to send you somebody to text every now and then or email or, or, or you know, send a, uh, send a Twitter shout out to. What God's wanting to do is send you somebody that could be a friend, someone that can do life with you, someone that will cry with you, someone that will laugh with you, someone that will stick with you through it all. Quick story. Just had this happen last week, and I give God all the glory. A good friend of mine, he lives a few states away, He's had just an incredible career. You name it, he's done it. He's a lawyer, but he's also a broker. He's a broker, but he's also been a CEO. He's just one of these guys that's good. He's just good. But he happens to be my friend. He saw on Facebook several months ago me posting a few little videos of what Calvary Church was up to just across the parking lot with a special needs building. See, here at this church, we have about 30 or so special people, from children up to young adults, special men and women that have setbacks in life. They have challenges that I will never know. They're special needs. They have needs that are unique. And what God's led us into is building a little building for them, just doing our very best to let them know that they're not in the back bedroom, that they're not way in the back in the shadows, but we're going to put them out here in the forefront but I've been running into some headaches with this little building a lot of it's gonna have to be just timing and process and just kind of navigating through some things well my friend he doesn't come here he doesn't sit on the pews that you sit on he doesn't attend the, the bible studies that you attend he doesn't enjoy the worship that we enjoy matter of fact he has no skin in the game here but he's my friend he called me. I was sitting in this parking lot right out front of my office door. And he said, hey, if it's okay with you, I wanted to send you something. I said, well, sure. What, what, what's going on? Are you okay? He said, I'm fine. He said, but man, I, 
was looking through those old Facebook postings. How'd you ever do with that special needs building? Are you up and running? I said, man, it's just been a headache, bro. But we're going to get there. He said, huh, well, I want to do something for you. He said, I'm going to send you a check for $13,000. I said, Jeff, what, what do you want? Are you serious? He goes, yeah, man. He said, God's good to me. He said, I just want to be a blessing to you. I said, thank you. He goes, man, you're my friend. Hit me. You're my friend. Friends, friends are not just takers. Friends are givers. And ladies and gentlemen in this room, if 2016 is going to be the great year of the force in you, can I just tell you, make your heart open to new friends. You're just one person away from everything changing, not just by a contact, but a friend. A friend that will get in the trench and fight with you and stick with you and love through this life with you. You ask, well, how do, how do I make that happen? Be open. Don't be so closed. Be open. The next thing God wants to do with you, he wants to send you a partner. You know, a partner is not just a contact or a friend. A partner is going where you're going. A friend wants to help you get to you where you're wanting to go. A contact can open doors for others to help you get you where you want to go. But a partner, a partner is going where you're going. I look around this room. It, this building's full of partners of this church. You're not just friends of the church. We've got a few friends and thankful for them. We got some contacts. I thank my friend in Houston for working that out for me with that golf tournament. That's cool. But I look around this room. This room's full of partners. Partners meaning we've got that same vision. Small groups is in our future. It's building little special needs buildings a part of our DNA. Growing this church and reaching lost people for Jesus. That's what we're doing. We're partnering together, going in the same direction together, trying to keep the same pace together. It's never fast enough for some people, and it's much too slow for others. But all of us are trying to do our best to do what? To partner going in the same direction. God wants to send you a partner for your life to help you get your business where it wants to go and to be a part of your vision. But God also wants to give you a mentor. Number four, a mentor. Someone that's already been where you're wanting to go to help you to get there. Someone that's already conquered some things to help you avoid it. Someone that's already defeated some areas in their life to help you defeat it before you ever have to fight it. And then God ultimately wants to give you a protege. Because believe it or not, you could be a 20-year-old in this room and there's a 15-year-old that needs to hear your story. You could be a 60-year-old in here that's been married for, for, for 30 years or for 25 years and there's young couples in here that need a cup of coffee with you. Some people say it this way. You need an upline, you need a downline, and you need a sideline. And what God's wanting to do is show you that you're better together. Don't do life by yourself. Let's clap our hands to the Lord this morning. Let me move quickly now. I want to talk about really the biggest portion of this message. I'm going to take the next few minutes and give you something that will change your life forever if you will just simply trust it. My friend George and Kathy Robertson are here this morning and my friend Glenn Stromberg was here in the first service. Whether it was Glenn Stromberg in the 9 o'clock service or my friend George that's in this second service, both of these men sit on the board of a ministry that's based in west of the, of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. 
It's a family-based ministry. Bill and Danielle Ford are new to my life. Denora and I were able to spend a couple hours with Bill and Danielle this past Thursday. Denora and I both just sat with tears in our eyes as we heard their story of God's grace and mercy. He had no idea what I was preaching this Sunday. Bill and Danielle had no clue what my series was. They were completely sheltered from the fact that I would be preaching what I'm about to preach to you. But yet for two hours we talked about it. And I opened up and shared with them this next part of this sermon. And we just had an incredible God moment as he brought our lives together. I want to talk to you about one of God's greatest secrets. It's a force that will change your life forever. And if you want 2016 to be better than ever, you need to apply this to your world. Write it down. Here we go. It's the force. It's the power. It's the strength of agreement. There are just some people that feel their calling in life is to be disagreeable. Sky's blue. Not today, it ain't. Water's good for you. Oh, not too much of it. Is there anything we can agree on? Doubt it. Because my calling in life is to disagree. Don't raise your hand because God knows the person next to you knows the truth. Are you an agreeable individual? Because there is some power in being in a person being a person that's an agreeable person. People are attracted to agreeable people. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, did life with agreeable people. Does not mean that you cannot view things differently. Because you can even agree to disagree. Doesn't make you a yes man. It doesn't make you a yes individual. Here's the problem. Disagreeable people view that agreeing is weakness. There's nothing weak about being a soldier that agrees with his or her commanding officer. It's just what's right. There's nothing weak in being an employee and having an agreeing, agreeing spirit and attitude with your boss. It's doing what's right. If you don't like that, you shouldn't be an employee. You should be an employer. But if you're going to work for someone, have the mindset that I'm going to be agreeable. If you view it differently, that's perfectly acceptable. But you still have to be agreeable. Agreeable to the role that you're in. Agreeable to the season that you're living. Agreeable to the situation that you find yourself in. I'm preaching better than you're responding.
preaching at a nine and you know what I'm saying. Not quite a ten, but a nine. And you don't need to disagree with that. Check this out. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, talk about the power of unity. It's easier to defend oneself when, you, when there's two of you. It's easier or, it's, or you have a greater return on your work when there's two of you. It's easier to produce when there's two of you. There's power in unity. We are better together. If you want this year to be the best year of your life, check it out now. Stay with me. I'm, I'm not going to be much longer. This year, get along with other people. Have a spirit of cooperation. Participate with other people in pursuit of a unified goal. Oh, man, Pastor Manny, tweet this. Compromise everything for unity. Agree with me that that baby needs to be fed. Is that Gates? That's not Gates. Yeah. Oh, this baby. Oh, baby's precious. He's preaching with me right now. Everybody look at me real quick. Stay with me. This year, not going to be much longer. Stay with me. Don't drift in your thoughts. Don't hang around with divisive people. Hang around with people that want to bring it all together. You know how many meetings I've been in? You know how many times I've sat in groups? I've sat in people's kitchen with the kitchen table with families. I've sat in funeral home parlors with family. I've sat in hospital rooms with family. I've sat in my office with families. I've stood in the foyer with families. You know how many people I've spent my life with that there's always that one person that just wants to cause division? And everything could be awesome if it just weren't for the one causing division. Don't be that guy. Be the one that wants it all to go good. I'm, I'm creeping up to about a nine and a half right now. People want to do lunch with agreeable people. People want a vacation with agreeable people. People want to grow old in marriages with agreeable people. Are you agreeable? Or are you just looking for anything and everything to disagree about? Which takes me to the most critical part of this sermon, and I'm about to pray over you. Where are you in your agreeing where are you in your agreement with what Jesus has done for you? I'm about to dig deep down in somebody's heart this morning. I'm fitting to give you an opportunity to change your whole world. And you never saw it coming because I'm not preaching about hellfire and brimstone. I'm talking about your attitude of agreement. Can I tell you that what the enemy wants to do is the enemy wants you to disagree that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that you could simply put your faith in that? 
The enemy wants you to disagree. The enemy wants you to have a, a mindset. There's got to be more than that. The enemy wants to creep into your mind and have you in a disagreement mentality. The fact that Jesus loved you first. I spent just a few minutes on it. And there was someone in the room who said, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I question that. I, I'm not certain about that. How much of God's word are you in agreement with? Do you agree with the fact that there's the principle and the law of seed, time, and harvest? Or are you one that just chooses to always do it your way? I'm not going to trust God by giving. I'll trust him with my salvation, but not with giving. I disagree with that teaching. And I just tell you, you are limiting what God can do in your life with every approach to his principles that comes with the attitude of disagreement. If you really want me to preach to you the beautiful steps of having the fullness of God in your life, I give you a few more scriptures and then I'm going to pray. There is no room for disagreement with the book of Acts, chapter number 4 and verse 12. Acts 4 and 12 is settled forever as the infallible word of God that neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what magazines tell you. It doesn't matter what certain channels may reveal to you over the television. The word of God is, is the infallible word of God. Only Jesus can save you. Only Jesus can save you. Well, Pastor Tommy, what, how do I respond to this kind of a message? Well, the book of Romans, the book of Romans chapter number 10 and verses 9 through 10 simply read just as this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, words spoken, words spoken out of your mouth based on the belief of your heart, not what a preacher tells you, not what you were reared up in a Christian home to teach you, but it's personal. Everyone say this. Say, Jesus can save me. He doesn't save families. He doesn't save cousins. He's come to save you. Confession of your mouth and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Receive this this morning, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. So proud of so many of you writing these scriptures down. Ephesians 2 settles the issue. It takes all the pressure of performance off. None of you are living a Broadway life. You're not living a New York City Broadway life trying to perform your way into heaven. It's all about agreement. Ephesians 2 simply says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, Kara, Sabrina and Manny, the three of you on this front row, there's nothing about the three of you as much as I love you and as handsome and beautiful as you are and as smart, intelligent as you are, as gifted as you are, there's nothing about you that can improve what Jesus has done for you. 
The three of you have the most incredible futures ahead of you. You're gifted, you're talented, you're intelligent, you're savvy. You've got contacts. You've got partners. You've got mentors. You even have protégés. You've got the world by the tail. But when it comes to the agreement of salvation, there's not one thing you can do for yourself simply other than having the faith to believe that Jesus has settled it and has conquered it and has just put it to bed, so to speak, simply that it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So if you want to talk about agreement, it's one thing for Pastor Tommy to take a few minutes and talk about you agreeing with your spouse and agreeing with your boss and agreeing with your fellow man, and that will give you an awesome year. But if you want something greater than a great year, if you want something called a great salvation and a great eternity, you have to come into agreement with the fact that Jesus first loved you, and he loved you so much that he took the penalty of your sin upon himself, and he conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he has settled the issue forever. What you can't do, he's done. But he can't do what you can do. And that is receive the gift of God into your life. Stand to your feet this morning. If our prayer partners will come quickly and take their place. And if our prayer partner is on their way down, if you'll pick up a few copies of our Fresh Start book. If you'll take a few copies of the Fresh Start book down here real quick. I want to pray over you today. If I can have all of our movement just kind of at a minimal, I just feel the anointing of God's presence. Wow. I'm telling you, I feel like somebody's about to make a life change that's just going to, it's going to affect generations to come. Hallelujah, I received that. There's going to be somebody that makes a life change today that's going to trickle down for generations to come. You're about to become the model man the model woman, the model mom, and the model dad because of a decision made today, you will model before your own children the ways of God. That is powerful. So really this title, We're Better Together, it's about small groups for sure. It's about unity without question. But when you partner with Jesus... You're not just better, you're saved. And let this young, soon-to-be 42-year-old preacher ask the question like an 85-year-old preacher would ask, and I make no apologies. If Jesus was to come today, or if unfortunately your life were to end, are you saved? Are you saved? Do you know without question that you are saved? Have you placed your faith in the powerful saving grace of Jesus Christ of Nazareth? You secured yourself with Christ. Is he your Lord? And is he your Savior? Have you come into agreement with Jesus? All over this room, bow your heads quickly. If you need to give your life to Jesus this very moment, without any hesitation, lift your hand quickly. I want to pray for you today. Lift it tall into the sky. Hold it up as high as you can lift it. If you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, 
and declare him as your Lord and Savior. Lift your hand quickly now. I want to pray for you. You're here in this house. You need to give your life to the Lord. You need to come to Jesus. Let me pray for you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord Jesus, for these men and women and students. I pray, God, that they would be so bold and take their steps of great faith, place their, place their heart, place their very being within your care. Now, Father, because of this step they're taking, we know, God, within your word now, that they're going to be able to learn and gain incredible wisdom and insight of your principles. And they're making themselves candidates. They, they literally are signing up to be candidates of the blessings of God in this life. One of which will come because of their agreement this moment with you. Now I pray God that all over this room, with every single person that's breathing in this room, Baptize us with the attitude and the spirit of agreement. Let us be easy to get along with. Let us not live by our feelings and in our mood swings. And let us not only live off of yesterday's dreams. But may the force of bigger dreams. And may the force of taking you seriously but not ourselves so seriously. And may the force of this message today. Referring to the simple fact that we're your children in agreement. May our tomorrows be greater than our yesterdays. I pray a blessing over this congregation in Jesus' name. And let everyone say amen. On your way to your car, you owe it to yourself to stop by in the foyer. Take a moment and view the new small group options for this semester. The next 13 weeks will be better if you're together with someone. Take your smartphone out. Go past the contacts to your camera. Take a picture of it. That way over lunch, you and your family can sit there and look at it. Or download the app. Open the registry right there. What we're doing is trying to make it as easy as possible for you to do life with someone else. Don't live a lonely, cold, selfish life, but live life with someone else because it's better that way. And let everybody say amen. I love you so much, and I preach this way because I love you, and I want to see you blessed this year, not with just stuff, but with something that stuff can't do, and that is the health of your spirit. Amen, everybody? Amen. I love you. If I prayed with you today concerning your new fresh beginning with Christ, these people are here in the front. They're going to stand here for a moment. They have a special gift for you. It's a small little book on helping you get started in a relationship with Jesus. If you're here today and you're starting a relationship again, maybe it's been a while since you've kind of attempted to live the Christ life. Why don't you also uh, pick yourself of these, uh, one of these pieces of material up. It'll help you get started. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock for Great Expectations. You're dismissed in the name of